0: Welcome to the Splinters Podcast, from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading, no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host,
1: the wise man, Matt Mears.
2: Well,
3: he's done it, and he's done it in grand style. First ever half-century...
0: Nuts to that for a joke. There's no way I'm going to let Mears host the podcast of Splinters that we're doing 50 episodes on. The Lord Mayor with you on this Tuesday evening on Triple H 100.1 FM, Triple HFM.com.au, and on podcasts.com. Tune in Spotify. I was going to say tune-ins, but it's Apple Podcasts now, wherever you get your good podcasts and a few bad ones as well. We made it to 50. We made the half-century. It's quite an achievement. And, yeah, he insisted on being here this evening with me because it is the half-century. Good evening,
1: Meersy. Your Lord Menace. Of course I have to be here for episode number 50. We are raising the bat. Somehow Mm -hmm. we got to 50 episodes. I still don't know how. I think all the way back to our first episode and what happened there... This is episode number one, so let's get into yeah. the topic. Oh, Keith, Keith, no, Keith. don't do this. You to no, me. no, no, Keith, don't do this to me. No, 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 Keith. You know what I'm going to do. This technically don't. may be episode number yeah. one, and we'll go out as episode number one. But you tell our little listenership out there what what episode is this really? What is it really? This is
0: episode number one. I'll hear no no lies. It's not like anybody's recording material or recording technology broke down on them when we recorded episode 0.5 or anything like that. So don't start spreading those lies, although they're not actually lies. They're actually completely true. My Skype recorder did break down on me, so we lost the first episode, so we're redoing it.
1: How do we even get through episode number one to get to episode 50? That's actually a very
0: good question, as you would have just heard. Yeah, the the technology wasn't working that day when we decided to record Splinter's number one. Needless to say, I was thoroughly The
1: technology didn't work. It's all your fault. It, well, just call a spade a spade. It was your fault. See, th- this, is, this is what we have to deal with. Everything is my fault, apparently. It's it
0: not is. anybody else's fault. It's all my fault, apparently.
1: It is your fault. How is it not your fault? You were uh, a... Recording the first episode, it didn't record. Therefore, it is your fault.
0: Yeah, all right. Blame me for everything. Just like we blame Bernard Sutton for everything that goes wrong with the referees. But Tony and I, in episode two, we did tip that Bernard Sutton was going to be in trouble.
3: And that there is also direct pressure on the Sutton faction from no less than Todd Greenberg the CEO of the NRL, Mm -hmm. right now. So if Todd Greenberg is taking a hands-on view with refereeing, not too dissimilar to what John Quayle did back in the day in the Arthurson-Quayle era in the 1980s and 90s in the Winfield Cup, well then, shouldn't we know about it? Shouldn't we hear about it?
0: And as you heard there, yep, we tipped it, and there's a review going on right now. Chances are that Bernard Sutton's going to get the bullet. But, Mirzy, I know what your favourite moment was. It was at the SCG, wasn't it, when we went out and did the T20 grand final day?
1: Well, I'd say out of our first lot of podcasts, that was probably one of my favourite was being out at the SCG. We got the the special box. We were in the Bradman stand. But uh, as well as the 12-hour marathon we called on Triple H... We also got to do some of the best bits of Kingsgrove T20 Finals Day of 2018. And uh, there was some pretty special stuff on that podcast. Well, it was all about war. What is it good for? Because you had the
0: Austin War, catch...
1: So Dan Fallon's here to bowl his fourth and final over from the Paddington end, and it's on Leg Stump. It's up in the air. What a catch! Oh, what a catch! What an absolute river catch at deep, fine legs! Austin Moore, I think that is. We'll find out in a second, but he's leaked. It was almost Superman-like. In the air, Curtis Patterson has to make it way. Is. But what an absolute blinder at deep, fine leg. He was off the ground. He was absolutely parallel. The ball's on leg stump. He's played the big sweep. We're watching it on replay. And he's flown through the air, Austin War, What a catch, boys. Much-needed wicketers. St. George was starting to get a roll on, and Austin War has delivered for Sutherland.
0: That You went completely nuts about And you just lost lost your mind, didn't
1: you? Well, that's what you've got to do. It's it's radio. You've got to present. You've got to get the listeners at home or in their car involved in the moment because it was a big moment.
0: Speaking of big moments on Kingsgrove Grand Final Day, while you were losing your mind about Austin War, I was having a chat to his old man. What's probably the stronger emotion today, reliving old memories or proud dad moment?
4: Oh, a bit of both, mate. is a great place to come. You know, it's um, always nice to come out here and watch a game and to see Sutherland in the final and Austin playing, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a thrill as well.
0: Austin making the move to Sutherland to try and make his own name, is it something that you were proud to see him stretch, stretch out and lash out on his own, or is there just something there that would, would have preferred him to stay with your old club?
4: Well, he lives in Sutherland. That's where we live, so that's, that's his club. I mean, I lived in Bankstown. That's why I played for Bankstown. All his mates are in Sutherland. He's grown up playing through through the ages, so it's a natural progression to play for Sutherland. So happy to see him playing wherever he's enjoying it.
0: What sort of prestige do you think the return of players like Smith and Warner brings to a competition like this?
4: Oh, look for sure. Even today, yeah, you know, Steve Smith playing out there. You see what these you know the intensity with which he's played the two games there, which is great to watch. A lot of people are going to learn from that. So, yeah, what well, they've brought the great cricket. It's been fantastic. It's been needed for a long time, and um, gives recognition to grassroots. then that makes Australia strong. If you're good at great cricket we're generally good at state cricket and we're generally good with the national side Is there any part of you that wishes you got to play in a T20 uh, competition and format? Of course, I would love to have played it it's exciting, it's fun, the guys can express themselves in different ways Um, it's pretty intense for a short period of time but um, um, if if you're skillful at the game you can do well what are your thoughts on the standard of the games throughout today? Is it what you've uh, expected or has it exceeded expectations? Oh, I've been watching a bit of great career the last couple of years. The standard's is excellent. And today, you know, the, especially the fielding and catching has been very good. Um, good hitting. The bowlers have been uh, probably dominating so far. And uh, seeing the final 123 to win, you know, Sutherland should get those. But the way the day's been going, uh, nothing's guaranteed. Thank you very much.
0: And then after the interview with Steve Waugh, former Australian captain, you lost your mind again when Sutherland ended up winning
1: it. Well, it was a momentous moment, Sutherland taking out the T20 Cup. My biggest memory, though, going to break the fourth wall a little bit here on the bench, was if if memory serves me, it was the final ball of the 15th over. That was the end of my commentary stint. Tony Dosen was supposed to take over from me again to do the final five overs. But as fate would have it, I got to call the winning runs and then have the headset ripped straight off me, so Tony could take over. Let, let's just check the tape on that. Let's just make sure that's how it happened. I'm, I'm holding on to the, I'm holding on to the, <laughs> onto the, uh, onto the cans here. He is standing behind me. Three balls. I'm waiting for him to rip them off my head. As Lay continues here from the Paddington end, Barrio, one run to win for the Sox. And it's oh. up in the air! It's, oh, it's gonna be, be safe behind the safe behind it's the keeper's go. head! They've completed oh. the one! It's gone for four! Sharks have won! Sharks have won the Kingsgrove T twenty Cup final! What a performance!
0: Oh you oh, you gotta you've got a
1: memory like an elephant you have. Absolutely spot on the money. Oh mate, there's something I can't forget is is that happening because it was something special seeing that win and then to be thrown off air as soon as it <laughs> happened. You can't you can't make this stuff up. But that's hey, that's the that's the fourth wall breaking and of working with Tony Dawson.
0: Uh, the fourth wall, it's, a, it's certainly interesting to work with Tony on all fronts, whether it's splinters or the bench or live sports commentary. And Tony, well, he's not one to shy away from coming forward. He's not backwards in going forwards. And he got onto the Rugby Australia situation very early on in Splinters. <laughs>
3: Well, my first choice or one of them, you can't look much further than the Australian Rugby Union and the Code of Rugby Union in general. We've waxed lyrical about it on so many occasions. The latest development is that Michael Checker has kept his job in a Clayton's de facto way with an overseer looking over his shoulder in Scott Johnson. Very experienced guy, Scott Johnson. He's coached on both sides of the the equator at a high level. But to basically tell Michael Checker that he's not good enough to be given the the Wallabies job, job, holus bolus and a full complete package and for someone to look over him is basically saying, you know what Michael, we can't find anyone else before the Rugby Union World Cup next year at short notice. You've got the job but you're out the door no matter whether Australia make the final get bundled out in the quarters or even don't even get out of the group. I still think they're going to have a half decent World Cup if they can beat Wales in that group game but to have Michael Checker placed under such strain, just go to show that from the top down, including Raylene Castle, including the board of directors, that Australian Rugby Union administration, like a lot of sports administration, which we're going to touch on later in the hour, has lost the plot.
0: And Miersy, as Tony said, it was just an absolute disaster. And some of, some of us are getting good at tipping exactly what the outcomes are going to be, and not just at a match level. About the whole issue behind all these sporting organisations. Well, Splinters, it's
1: what we're here for. This is an extension of the bench so we can go in-depth, deep dive. We can give our opinions. And as we're proving, more often than not, we've got our fingers on the pulse. We know what's happening in sport in Australia. And it's no surprise to me to see some of the stuff we're bringing up in Splinters, even so early out, coming true even overseas because you had quite a great time telling us all
0: about your trip to Dallas and WrestleMania and you even recited how you went to a hockey game. Cowboys Stadium. This has got to be a place that would have gone off.
1: Well, I was lucky enough to be in the crowd for WrestleMania 32, which which the official attendance was over 101,000 people. That's nuts. That is absolutely nuts. If you had seats on the floor, it took almost 2 hours to get through the line to get oh, into your seat. If amazing. you weren't if you weren't one of the first through the door, I was lucky enough I was in the first row of the second tier. I'll show you photos later, and maybe if we get enough requests, I'll put up on the bench Facebook page. But the view was spectacular. Again, one of these new modern stadiums that are just built for the fans. Everything you can think of behind the scenes, food, entertainment, seats are, are fantastic. But to be again, we're talking about electricity. Earlier, it's a roof stadium, mm. huge screens. I think they go from twenty-yard line to twenty-yard line for the NFL. Just absolutely amazing, built for the fans. But we've been talking about a lot of places that are in the city. This one's not actually. It's between Dallas and Fort Worth. There's. It's not. It's not actually in any sort of. Um, Major city. There is the there is the um, the baseball stadium out mm-hmm. there as well, um, but other than that, there's not a whole lot really there. You need to spend a good twenty minutes, half an hour, to go either to Dallas or Fort Worth, either side, to be able to see the nightlife or anything like that, and public transport is essentially zero.
0: What about the American Airlines Centre in Dallas, home of the Dallas Stars?
1: Well, I was lucky to be there for Wrestlemania week. I got to go to Raw and to the the Hall of Fame, which was both on and I got to go see a game of ice hockey. Who would have thought that I was at an ice hockey game? So I got to go to three events there within a week at the American Airlines Centre. Now that is in the middle of downtown Mm -hmm. Dallas. That is somewhere that is within walking distance of the main hub. Plus they've got the entertainment there. They've got the little pubs. They've got the, the entertainment. The House of Blues is just down the road because I went to a, a speaking uh, engagement before um, one of the events there as well. It, it, it is built in the middle of this sort of entertainment part of town. So when you do go there for, a, um, for an event, you don't just have to go straight home. You don't have to try and get half an hour back to where you're staying. You're right in the middle of, of the party hub. Well, it was a lucky thing for you, Keith. Uh, I can say that I've been to one NHL game, but uh, said so we, we get to cover all the topics here on Splinters. Yes, we do have all our sport at home, as you'll hear later on, but we also get to cover stuff around the world. And uh, we, we've been pretty lucky in our travels, you and I, we, where we've been able to go around the world and watch sports. That's right. We've been all around the world. Well, not
0: all around the world, but we have been internationally to go and watch sport. But everybody does tune in, particularly in the rugby league community, to listen to our thoughts on the New South Wales rugby league competitions, the... the, The State Cup, I was going to call it the ISP, but it's not anymore. The Canterbury Cup, Massey and Shield. And you had a great time calling with Tony and everybody this year, didn't you?
1: Oh, it was great. I love Rugby League. It's it's, it's so fun. But, as I said, we... We are, we are uh, proponents of grassroots sport here on Triple H and on Splinters as well. We always love when we get to do the previews. We make the big calls here on Splinters and I think we do all right with some of the stuff that we come up with.
0: I said earlier that I've got Cabramatta making the grand final on what? that last Sunday in September. This is who they're going to play. You're tipping a Cabramatta, Cabramatta Asquith. Asquith grand final yep. Yep. in the Ron Massey Cup. Right here. You heard it first on Split. Wow. All right. Well... And if it doesn't pan out, then I'll delete this episode of please. Well. <laughs> Asquith, I think they're mortals for the four. Grand final tip. Asquith in the shield. Uh, maybe not. Maybe just the Massey, but I can see East Campbelltown being there and I'm leaning towards, well, it'll be Cameron or Asquith to face East Campbelltown in the grand final, I would suggest, and because possibly. there is just great depth.
3: There's great depth there, admittedly, but, you know, you're you, you, you right off Moorbank at your peril. I think I think if Moorbank make the top four, they go the step further and meet East Campbelltown in the decider. <laughs> There is a Smokey from the bottom half of the eight that does damage in the playoffs, that has people looking over their shoulders. And for mine, from a neutral's perspective this year, now that Newtown have managed to work their way into the eight and secured their place in the finals with their big win over Western Suburbs in the second last round in in a pay television match at Henson Park, they're the team, they're the smoky from the bottom half of the eight this year. Remember, they were last on the table after three, or after six weeks of the competition and their season looked to be gone. But the wily old fox, Greg Madison, has managed to get this side firing. Jack A. Williams, grandson of the late, great Reg Gaznia, has grown into the role at 5'8", alongside Braden Trindle. They've got the experience of Greg Eastwood coming in off the bench in the twilight of his career. And they've got some speed out wide and they also have the most hardcore supporter group in any team of the Canterbury Cup. And that's why they are a team to be feared, the side that no-one wants to play Newtown in the first or second week of the finals.
0: Well, as you just heard, yeah, Tony was on board with Newtown as a smoky to win the Canterbury Cup and okay, maybe I completely botched the Ron Massey grand final tip. Well, that's no surprise. Asquith Asquith and Cabra, but you look at what they signed earlier in the year. But hey, I did get a grand finalist in Sydney Shield. Cabra Matter did make it, even though they got beat by Wright Eastwood. We actually had Wright Eastwood missing the eight, but wow, that was that was one to miss there. But certainly in the lower grades. One of the more poignant podcasts, if you like, or the uh, special moments, if you like, of Splinters during the opening 50 episodes was when Tony sat down with Mick Gremo and talked about the importance of the Gremo Shield and what it means in the New South Wales Rugby League competition.
3: Take us through briefly how the match itself came to be because it was played very soon after Nathan's passing, or the first playing, very soon after Nathan's passing. You could have chosen a number of local clubs, but Guildford came to
5: the party. Uh, tell us what happened there. Uh, yeah, the Hills District Bulls were a great supporter of our family, and especially Nathan. Nathan's got a long history there from when he was born, obviously, but uh, the club got behind it was amazing the support that we got from the community, especially um, sporting groups that Nathan was involved with over the the years. But uh, the Hills Bulls especially rallied behind with all their members and friends and um, started putting ideas together. And more or less, most of it was done with us in the background and Paul Griffin, um, our looks after our senior team and club yep. coach, he put it together, asked Guilford. I mean, Guilford's a, a very strong club. They've yep. always been in the, the Massey and the Shield yep. competitions. So, you know, it was fitting that uh, we ask a strong club like Guilford mm-hmm. and they were more than willing to come on board and they've been of tremendous support each year that we have the uh, have the Nathan Grimane Memorial Shield. So, again, another big thank you to the Guilford. Cloud.
1: Well, it is special that we can speak about these sort of instances and and bring awareness because in the in the grassroots rugby league community, it is one of the big days that happen throughout the calendar. I think there's a lot of people that have it circled. So to be able to bring it to a, a sort of a bigger audience and maybe not sort of Hills District fans, but to the wider New South Wales rugby league community and, and show it's important. I think it's one of the ones that are probably a bit underrated of what we get to do here on Splinters. Yes, we get to have some fun, we get to to, to fantasy book, and we get to to pick our grand finals. But when we can do something like that, that's special. There's something that I can re- that I really look forward to as well. Completely agree on that topic. But in terms anyway, of what's having fun, on? I'm glad you prefaced well, that with on that topic.
0: Yeah, I know, of course we can't we can't agree and especially when it comes to especially when it comes to hockey. You're not a hockey fan, but on the hockey front I got a couple of tips completely out of well, I got one completely out of kilter. I came out with an absolute barrel on St Louis, but Jeremy Vasquez, he tipped the upset of all upsets. I really don't see them. It doesn't matter who they come up against in the first in the first or second round. If you get through Pittsburgh, I don't see them getting through Washington. If they can pull out a miracle against Washington, and Pittsburgh will have them for breakfast, surely in a seven game series. Do you think if Columbus come up against the likes of a Pittsburgh or a Tampa that they're going to be found out or do you think that they have the ability to go right all the way through and really take down the big names and not just be a sleeper against some of the lesser lights like the Islanders
5: they certainly have the assets for that if they if they run on all cylinders like like they know they know how to play I think they should be fine going against those juggernauts matching up pretty well
0: for, for the way that St. Louis have come home with a wet sail in the back half of the season down the stretch, I'd almost be inclined to say St. Louis going as favourites with all that momentum. Yeah. And as you heard there, yeah, Jeremy Vasquez, just how he picked Columbus to beat Tampa, I'll never know. But
1: we had... A he obviously additions. has a lot more hoggy knowledge than you.
0: Well, m- most people were tipping Tampa to beat Columbus, so I don't know whether we'll go down the knowledge path there. But speaking of knowledge... We got a big upgrade in terms of the brains and the appearance, just quietly, with splinters and the bench this year with a couple of ladies joining the team.
6: Look, Unfortunately, I was pushed out of rugby, not by my choice. So there's always going to be a gap there that I may re-enter. For now, my option would have to be AFL, only because I'm still wanting to pursue that modelling career also. And unfortunately, rugby league's just not working there. So... It would probably be AFL for now, mm-hmm. but don't get me wrong. Who knows where the future will take me?
3: Because you're still young. You're still only 20. Twenty. Yes. An absolute babe in the woods yes. when it comes <laughs> to a lot of these things.
6: Growing up, league, league was my sport of choice. I'd watch it with my dad all the time. Um, absolutely adore Sydney Roosters and so involved in that sphere as a spectator Uh, i remember getting to 14 i think it was and being like well i want to play um googling girls footy teams and that there was nothing out there so I think the closest was Forestville Ferrets but that was an opens women's team I was 14 I couldn't do yeah, that so yeah. I'd sit on the sideline and watch my brother um, so there wasn't that opportunity to fall into league um, come the 2016 Rio Olympics watching the, the Australian women's sevens team was winning the gold medal the way the they gold. did it it was, that was the catalyst that was the catalyst I could I was watching it and I'm like I, I can see myself doing this sport um, so kind of after that, I'd, there wasn't any Rugby Sevens teams in Hornsby either, so I, I made...
1: Sarah and, and Alex joining the team. Uh, hopefully we will see them on splinters in the near future, but at least having them involved with the bench and with our live calls on a Sunday, it's just brought something fresh to the team, and it's just bringing that insight, and they've just hit the ground running, haven't they, Keith? They have they've just feel like part of the furniture now, even though they're, they're so new to the team, but... Uh, They're certainly made to be commentators. They said, you see, in a lot of other outlets. There are a lot of ladies there that might be there more for their on-screen appearance than for their knowledge. We've lucked out here at Triple H. We've got the total package. Well,
0: and that's very true. And it was quite interesting to note that Sarah's first appearance on Sunday Live was actually my final appearance on Sunday Live. So maybe there (laughs) was something there. That was a big upgrade. That was a big upgrade. That's a big upgrade. Something, though, that turned – well, was not an upgrade, really, was the unfortunate situation that our good friend Terry Liberopoulos found himself in with the Greek rugby league team. That turned
7: into just an absolute tragedy. Well, what's happened? You know, it was called the Hellenic Rugby League – say so back six seven years ago and everything was going well um, the guy in charge there that the, the show was named he was named Tassos and everything by about 2014 was going sweet and then 2015 there was troubles in the horizon we could see it um, and what happened is there was a five team competition um, and one of the well, Roger Knights, nice, they, the they were the champions. And Domestically in and Greece, domestic, we're the Domestic champions there. Um, you know, basically, they were told they won't be in um, the competition the following year. Um, basically, so basically, he's kicked them out. That was the start of many things. And we got a, uh, a message, an uh, email from the club saying, this is what's going on. Uh, we are going to split. In Greece, we're gonna we, we can't handle anymore. They told him to resign. Um, Tassos, that is. That's it. Yep, he wouldn't, um, and he's basically said they they split and they said to us, uh, if we split, we just, will you be behind us? What's you, What's your stand? And we said, guys, after we look at everything, yeah, if you guys want to split, we understand, no problem. So really, it was going to be four out of the five clubs. One of them didn't in the end, and um, I don't want to go into it, the reasons there, but. Um, Politics involved, let's yeah, just put it that way. Anyway, the top three sides left and they formed the fourth side as well and they started playing their own matches, their own friendly matches, had their own little competition. He was still part. the so Tassos and the Hellenic Rugby League was still the official body. Yes. And in 2015, um, they were supposed to play Malta. He forfeited that game, saying because of the economic reasons and all that. Um, but the real reasons were
3: that he couldn't get the players from the breakaway teams
7: from the. the well, rebel going to use his own place. But the thing is, um, he did play Spain in, in Athens, uh, and that was a qualifying game for the 2017. And they they lost, you know, seventy or so points. Anyway, the Hellenic Rugby League um, eventually. The European Federation came in and said there's certain things um, that didn't add up. Yeah. And I, financially, I, a lot of things. It wasn't just that. It was a lot of things, and I'm not gonna okay you know, for legal reasons. I'm not gonna go into that. But sure. The European Federation came in. They actually went. They actually went unannounced to Athens, and they looked at the the Both competitions, I looked at sure, of course. Our comp they, because on the certain weekend, there was supposed to be competitions played from both comps. Our, our one went ahead, went ahead, he's nothing basically he, struggling with players. Anyway, the European Federation came in and said. You know, we need to see all the paperwork with this, this, this. You've got to follow all the criteria. You've got, you know, you've got to do this and get back to us. You know, clean financial records, everything. Uh, Eventually, they were suspended. Didn't come up with that. The Hellenic Rugby League, that is. The Hellenic Rugby League. And then eventually, they got expelled. They told them, if you're not going to do it within four months or something, you're going to get expelled. Uh, So, what happened is, um, knowing that they're going to get expelled, and this is where it gets... Very messy. Comical, actually, is probably the right word. He, um, he decided, well, rugby league, in, in order to be a federation in Greece, you've got to have 20 clubs, minimum. Yes. It's very hard to get at 20 clubs. So, what they do in Greece, they put, they put sports under another federation.
0: Mirzi, as you just heard, the Greek tragedy. What, what is it about rugby league? Everybody just wants to get on board and just screw the game over.
1: More than just rugby league, I think everybody wants their piece of the pie, and until it buggers up, they think that they are the be-all and end-all. And you find it in rugby league, you find it in cricket, you find it in sport, you find it in even radio stations that there's a lot of opinionated people, there's a lot of politics, but uh, unfortunately, Terry was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You find it in radio
0: stations, you even find it on radio shows because you blew up about always being a guest. It didn't take you long.
1: Matt, thank you for joining once again and um, I'm glad to see you back in the guest chair. Is it, are we are we did Keith put you up to this? Did he? Hey, is this something that Keith got against me that I have to be a guest on this podcast?
5: I don't know what the Lord. I don't know what you're on about, but
0: the Lord Mayor operates in a very honourable manner. I'll say
1: here, the Lord Mayorness has nothing honourable about him. He Is <laughs> um, whatever I could say about him is not fit for podcasting. Well, it's supposed to be this I was supposed to be hosting the fiftieth episode. I've even got the intro as my as my name as the host and you took that away from me, Topolsky. What is it with this station that they just have to take, take, take from me? You already got a turn to host when it was the wrestling podcast. Yes, the Lord Mayor. I know on Friday night on the bench he said that Jake Aquilina was going to be the host, but he's finally relented. He's seen the light. The crowd has spoken, and I will be the host of this podcast. And what a great podcast it is! Oh, and I and I got to host the uh, the uh, the English overseas import cricket edition as well, but. I think it's my my uh, prestige, my rank within the team that I'd be able to host more than two episodes out of the first 50.
0: Well, we'll, we'll see what we can do in terms of the next 50. We might give you a little bit more coverage
1: oh, there in the next 50.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> what, we might three? upgrade you to three or four. You never know. Otherwise, you might <laughs> have to give Shane a run.
1: No, we, we've had that Or in the past. <laughs> we all remember the very Super Rugby episode.
0: <laughs> well, what well, uh, didn't exactly rate it's head off, unfortunately, the Super Rugby episode, but uh, that's pretty much the end of the first half. We're going to head into the bonus content and the interviews, the special moments from the interviews coming up next on Splinters and Measy.
1: There's some good stuff in there. Well, that's another luckily lucky part of having this podcast outlet of Splinters. We love doing the episodes every week on a Tuesday night, but the bonus content that we get, some of the big guests that come onto the bench, to be able to have them up, be able to have it for our listeners to be able to come and listen at their leisure. There's just some gold in there and it's great to be able to go down memory lane and uh, relive some of those great moments. Well, that's what we're going to get stuck into. It is the bonus
0: content, the interviews, the best of the interviews. That's next on Splinters. Mm-hmm. The 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season has concluded with your all-about-caring Sydney Bears winning it all. That doesn't mean it's all over for the year on the hockey front. Log on to bearsshop.com.au for all your Bears merchandise options and stay tuned to Splinters and the Bench for updates coming out of the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and the world's top competition, the National Hockey League. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H.
1: Welcome back to Splinters here on Triple H 100.1 FM, triple h.com, triple hfm.com.au, on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, where all good podcasts are found and all the bad ones too. I am the wise man, Matt Mears. I might not have got to host the first part and intro the first part, but there was nothing going to stop me coming into the second half. And here by contractual obligation, I am with Keith Topolsky, the Lord Manus. And, uh, turn my mic talked. On. Turn my mic. Turn my mic. Oh, that's better. Yeah. You turn my mic off. What are you doing? I, I did have to turn it back on or else Tony would uh, have me uh, locked up under the station again. And I just can't miss any more work. But uh, we are back with uh, the second half of our 50th edition of splinters we've cracked the half century we've talked in the first half about the first 50 episodes but what we're lucky enough here on splinters to have is the bonus content Our live interviews that we play on a Friday night, we are able to save up and uh, have in the vault for every one of our listeners to go back and listen to again. And Keith, yes, unfortunately, a lot of them are hockey, but uh, we are very proudly sponsored by the Triple H, uh, here at Triple H by the Sydney Ice Hockey Bears, the all-about-caring Sydney Bears. And uh, we did get quite a few of their players on, and um, they did give us some gold in the uh, bonus content here on Splinters. Oh, we got some absolutely
0: sensational stuff, particularly out of Jeremy Vasquez. Unfortunately, he defected to the Ice Dogs during the season. In yeah, order so to we get-
1: can't talk about him anymore. <clears throat> Well, beep his name out when we talk about him. Just beep him out we'll, We can
0: still talk about him, <laughs> but he's not with the Bears at the moment. But certainly when he was on, he certainly enjoyed speaking about the break between seasons and when he was on with Xander Wardlaw and Lachlan Farmy. Farmy also heading over to the Ice Dogs mid-season. There was something in the water there that I was a bit worried about, but they talked about enjoying breaks between seasons and the World Junior titles. Now, Jeremy, I'm told that you weren't actually playing hockey before this season. You came back from playing hockey in Boston where we spoke to you via Skype for splinters and then you just decided to take off for a week or two. Is that right? Well, just, just decided to bail on everybody?
5: You know, every every hockey player needs a little break, here. Yeah, but you doesn't know, that come directly after
0: the season? What do you mean? Just like Ovi. Actually, no, don't get drunk like well, Arby, I Of because come, your
5: mother will I be come, horrified. I come from season to season, you know, I can't. Oh, so you went and got, you I, went and I had the only treatment after your American season? I finished my season and I come back here. Alright, that, so, that's yeah. fair enough. But. Take a little little breaky break, you know. Breaky break. <laughs> a little breaky break. Breaky
0: break. With with that grin, I'm not sure that you'd want to go too much into detail. Or do we have to just punt someone from the green room before you go into detail? Oh. This isn't going out on radio or anything, by the way.
5: Oh, what happens in Vegas stays <laughs> in Vegas. Here?
0: Oh wow! But <laughs> that it, is. That, but does it really stay that, in Vegas? That, that is brutal. That that is just brutal. The, the five goals that they put on was actually their lowest score of the tournament. Absolutely. We definitely gave them, we definitely gave them a run for their money. Did definitely. you call the the Asada guys, the drug testers, in afterwards just to try <laughs> that out? Of course, if five goals is the minimum score, I'm asking some serious questions. Maybe check the birth certificates? Yeah.
5: <laughs> we should have done that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, that's, that's there's the problem. something in the water. <laughs> well, there's something, something in the water.
0: water. Well, there's plenty going on in the water in China from all the news reports I'm reading. But... <laughs> And then, well, it, this was probably one of your favourite bits of hockey podcasting, though, Mearsy, when Anthony Caruso decided to throw a bit of we, we call it shade, throwing some shade at Jeremy Vasquez, and Jeremy Vasquez called him out on it, and we should have got around to seeing Jeremy Vasquez shooting some pucks at Anthony Caruso. And we can't go by without asking your reaction on this, because while you're away... Blowing off steam, we had Justin Viano and Ron Kaprowski on last week and we got around to asking Justin a few questions and then this absolute gem of a comment came up from Anthony the Bull Caruso the Godfather here on the bench.
3: I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you
0: see, with the greatest respect, I know, I know Nicole's here, but I don't, I don't know if we get much out of Jeremy because he's, he's that yeah, much. Exactly, of a, Nicole's he, around. Well, a Nicole's around, and B Jeremy's that much of a pretty boy at the moment. I don't, oh, don't know. If it's going to be that.
3: Oh, shut <laughs> oh, this, oh
0: wow. <laughs> oh, you see, I, I'm surprised he doesn't go out on the. I reckon he looks like that much. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, even oh, no, that's it. Now I'm going to go for it. He looks like that much of a rock star sometimes. I'm surprised he doesn't go out on the ice
8: with a guitar at the moment. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that has got to be one of the most brutal sledges of someone who wasn't actually in the studio to return serve. So what what's going to happen if Anthony Caruso turns up to a Bears home game? Do the gloves come off or do you just Sidle up to him and just start using the stick and maybe some butt ending and
5: some. Well, I'd like. Uh, I think Caruso should put on the skates.
0: <laughs> oh, oh well, th- does that mean you're going to drop the gloves against oh, him on the you ice? Never know. We'll see. Ah oh, yes, challenge has been laid down. Caruso, I'm going to take this clip as well and play it back next time you're on the show as well, just to see how we go with that.
1: That is the biggest, most missed opportunity was not getting Caruso. Between the sticks in at the ice hockey, we were at Macquarie Ice Drink. We should have got him out there. He rates himself as a soccer goalie. Maybe if we get to go out there again, time number two, Caruso, get those pads on. Or maybe not. Let's just give him a stick and see how good he is. Or maybe we go in and try
0: and mess up all the water
1: pipes, just like Jake Ratcliffe
0: and Chris Moquin were talking about before the derby.
3: They'll tell you, these guys will tell you, the better dressing rooms do count for plenty. Well, that that's true. You, that that's got to be true. It's better. It, it, it's, you're better off changing in somewhere where you can change rather than somewhere which is only big enough to swing a cat.
7: Yeah, you're in the store floor. In, and in the storage container. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With
3: cold, You get cold showers yeah. in one dressing room and hot showers in the other. Mm-hmm. You want me to continue? Well, no, you better not.
7: Jake other and I, other... I actually work at the rink, not to cut you off. So we <laughs> might have a little pull at <laughs> <Yeah. in laughs> <laughs>
5: which pipes are pushing hot water Ooh. or not. So just just
0: <laughs> magically leaning against the pipe tomorrow and oh, handing oh, out. Jesus, oh, I dropped the skate on the. Oh, it's on the s- pipe yeah. and oh, it's
3: leaking. Oh, the
0: heater, oh. in the room's not working. Oh. Oh,
3: Is there a problem? Look, we'll have to look at it later for you. Can we wait after full time? We'll have, to, we'll have it right for next week. Yeah.
0: Now, there, there's an idea, Meezy. There There's a thought to just go in and mess up all the pipes so that the opposition have wet dressing room and cold dressing room. And have you ever done that at the cricket?
1: usually our facilities at cricket are that bad that it's already done. We don't have to do anything. And it's, and it's the drizzling. I
0: like it. I like it. Uh, speaking of the Sydney bears, Brian Funes, big defenseman came in and he had a bit of a joke to make about his appearance, given that he did shave after he came back from South America. How did you get into the game in the first place? Because with a name like Funes, it's not exactly associated with a, a cold weather culture. Yeah, and uh, yeah, So be, being uh, in Australia, it's not exactly a cold weather place. So how did how did a player like you come to be involved in hockey?
5: <laughs> yeah. So like, if uh, if you see what I look like, I'm not you know like typical Australian. I've got a. I'm come from. You, you, you come from
0: Central Mexican drug lord uh, uh, casting yeah, right, yeah, with yeah, that yeah, mustache. Well,
5: yeah, exactly. Right now I'm rocking the mo. You you know, uh, I, I shaved the beard and kept the mo, so I'm looking uh, extra South American right now. So that was a I'm I'm glad I did that after I flew back. You know, <laughs> I'd get a few more extra questions coming back into the country. But the most important
0: part was when Brian talked about growing up as a '90s kid and having an obsession with a certain trio of hockey movies, and that's how he came about. Just a quack, 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 quack.
2: When I was five, five, six years old, you know, f- a big
5: Mighty Ducks movie fan. Cliché, but uh, 90s, 90s can, kid. Uh, yeah. 90s Settle kid. down, Measy. We'll, okay, we'll, yeah. we'll get on to uh, that um, Yeah, uh, 91 born, so 90s kid. love the Mighty Ducks and I'd seen some highlights. Quack,
1: quack, quack. Yes, finally we got a good hockey guest on who can appreciate the Mighty Ducks for what it is. And yeah
0: okay you got you got what you wanted you had the Ducks fan on you enjoyed it what i didn't enjoy though was Shane Evans turning around and actually getting to laugh at me about ice hockey Speaking of teams that are doing well with a new acquisition, this is when I turn on the crying sound effect because it's no longer with us. <laughs> Shut up, you. You're, you're just celebrating because you got Ottawa's first-round pick. It's going to be first overall, and you're going to draft a generational talent in Jack Hughes. So Good. you just sit there and be quiet, Colorado boy. But Sorry, you're l- Lord Mendel. T- uh, that's another fine for you. I mean, seriously, Shane got to laugh at me about Colorado having Ottawa's pick. We, we have to do something about that, don't we? We have to banish Shane, don't we?
1: Oh, I thought we've already had. He doesn't he? just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> Hopefully, he's not listening to this episode. No, I'm sure he won't
0: be listening. It's not like he ever listens when we're on the show on the bench and he messages in and talks.
1: And oh, more, for, for, messages more. On, uh well, yeah. Well, that is the, the most annoying thing of that of that of our. Obviously, we have a group WhatsApp, and uh, yeah, Shane likes to make his. Uh, Feelings known, even if he's not in the studio. Do you know what's more annoying is when you have the night off and you've still got to see the video messages popping up. That's what I
0: get regularly now that I'm no longer on the show, on a reg- in a regular position. That I keep seeing Shane's name pop up on my phone. Ah, I- oh, jeez. I- I'm sure he won't take this personally or anything like that.
1: No. Definitely not.
0: <laughs> Speaking of having a laugh, though, Justin Viano came in. He was an import for the Sydney Bears this season. It really does go without introduction, or he need, he needs no introduction after what I thought was probably the best the best banter on Splinters on the bench, probably since we made the move across from the old place into Triple H. And he spoke about supporting the Maple Leafs. A mixed background when it comes to Canada. It is the classic Eastern Canadian background. There's a bit of French, a bit of English, and you were born in Oshawa in the great province of Ontario, home to, I have no doubt, the greatest NHL team to have ever graced God's green earth. The Maple blo- Leafs
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's where, we'll, that's where
0: we'll be ending our interview right. exactly, exactly. Andrew Bourne put you up to this. Try I am going to, me, to get police. into Andrew Bourne and just <laughs> give it to him. Go to the Bruins in that playoff series, by the <laughs> way. Who, 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 who let him in here, honestly? I, I, I don't know. Well, is Ottawa in the playoffs? At which point we cut him right off and then he decided to do something that really got up Caruso's nose and I gave him all the time in the world.
7: Which sport do you think the world could do without and why? <laughs>
2: <sighs> Oi, you, in the background, settle down. I don't know cricket, but I'm going to say cricket. Yes! Oh, yes!
0: <laughs> yes! Yeah, so how, what do you think about that, Mizzy? What sport in the what sport can the world do without Justin Vino says cricket?
1: Well, he's obviously banned. He's there's no more appearances on <laughs> Splinters or the bench. Brian Fuse, bring him back. Loves the mighty ducks. We can just have him every week. Viano, you're gone, mate. You're cut. There's there's uh, something from the old there's something from the old place. He's cut. He's yeah, right out of there. Well,
0: okay, if you want to cut him, then that's your decision. <laughs> that's entirely up to you. We're not going to cut him, though, until we actually hear from him about hazing rookies. Funniest moment involving a teammate? Uh,
2: well, well, we had this thing, uh, Major Junior, first year, if you're a rookie, nobody knew about it. We'd get the, we'd get the coach on the deal, and we'd have a road trip on the bus. Yep. And after a win, we'd ask the, one of the rookies to go up to the coach, ask for if we could stop for a beer. And usually the kid was 16 or 17.
5: <laughs> oh, this isn't going to uh, end well.
2: So the coach would flip out like, well, who are you talking What are you talking about? There's no beer on this team. He'd get the bus driver to stop, flip him a quarter. You call your parents. We're dropping you off here. We'd get the bag, leave it on the highway. The bus would drive off a kilometer. <laughs> <laughs> take the next take the next zip around, and Pick the him kid would be there in tears. Oh, <laughs> that's laughing. brutal! All right. that's, yeah. that's, that's
0: <laughs> oh, and if you thought that was good, have a listen to the story that he told us about the teammate that had the best. Oh, I think it was the best ability when going out. The best, the best ability on the circuit. Caruso referred to it as.
2: Who's the Who was the best or the worst going out, well, and why? Probably the both on the same team last year in France. I uh, got a buddy, Mark Corbett, pretty good-looking guy. He could usually pick up anybody, so he would have multiple girlfriends, let's say. Yep. And uh, let's say at one party house, he had his girlfriend sitting at the table while he was away with uh, uh, the, the physio, physio trainer.
3: Oh, <laughs>
0: So, so there you go, Mzee. Did you ever have you ever seen anybody with a girlfriend who had the girlfriend waiting outside for them while they were they were actually finishing up with the
1: physio inside? Well, mate, what happens in cricket stays in cricket. I don't know about hockey. Maybe they just they like having that brag effect, but. Um... Oh, mate. Uh, cricket, yeah, we have some good stories, but uh, the hockey the hockey men, maybe it's uh, something about being cold all the time, I don't know, but uh, they certainly have some good stories for us. <laughs> you need to warm up a little bit with all the ice and all that
0: sort of thing, but certainly some, something that we didn't need any jokes about, and it was actually a very, very good interview, was somebody's debut. We've already spoken about her being a part of the bench and the commentary team when Alex Bellamy came on to talk about the Hornsby Lions.
6: Now, Alex, obviously a lot of the credit goes to you, as Sam just said before, (laughs) vice president of the club, women's team captain, but in terms, of, you actually don't get as much credit as you possibly do because it, it's an interesting one. Rugby union, especially in the North Shore now, with, with clubs sort of falling, We've heard about the in terms of rugby league with the A grade comp sort of declining. You sort of lose a lot of players to those bigger clubs around. Like you saw our friend Shane wearing, who's wearing a rat show. You know, they go to their their state teams, but you know. To be part of something and grow something so local must be a huge achievement for yourself. Yeah, it's something I guess I, I don't reflect on too often. But when when people kind of mention it, like I think we kind of had a core group of three or four people who kind of really got the, the women's team off the ground back in oh, what was it, twenty sixteen. Um, so when you kind of reflect on where we are now, um, we've got players who are playing in rep teams. We've got a, one of our old players; she just debuted for the Waratahs. Um, it's it's really exciting. To to one, see that there's the opportunity in the pathway for, for women to one, be playing sport, two, playing rugby a contact sport. Um, it's something I always wanted to do when I was little and there wasn't that thing so I guess being able to make it happen is, it's I'm, I'm proud of it but I'm also stoked that it's just there so yeah how about your team's preseason? how's the build up been for that it's been really good so I guess like Gussie said we've got a new coach this year previously we were coached by two of our um, men's players one being Sam um, which was a bit of a balancing act so now we've got our guess our own coach who's looking after us and us only. Um, it's just that having that extra, I guess, attention and him not having to duck off to his own training. Um, it's been really good. We've got a really good vibe around the group of girls we've got. Uh, it's really exciting. Like our, our training session last night, we walked away so pumped. Next Saturday, it's going to be awesome.
0: And Mirzi, straight away, you just knew that Alex was destined to be on the show and to really lift
1: it because she was too good for the show with that interview. Oh, well, is I was lucky enough to be on the panel, and then I think we all knew that we had something there. And you can, you've seen Alex's role grow um, since that interview, and uh, it said it's certainly picked up our rugby presence on the show. Obviously, being uh, a rugby centric in our local area and our catchment with Triple H, it's uh, great to have her refreshing voice on there, and we don't have to go back to the hat rack anymore for rugby quotes. <laughs>
0: I am all on board with that. The increasing professionalism, if you like, of splinters and the bench and um, the the quality of guests. Speaking of professionalism... Anything's an upgrade. Well, that's true. Speaking of professionalism, we had a really good chat with Kath McConey and Chloe Walker from the Sydney Sirens. Kath, in particular, speaking about the profession or the growing professionalism of women's hockey. And Mirzi... Yeah, the the growing professionalism really did go places.
3: Professionalism is starting to burgeon, particularly in North America um, at their, in their leagues and their domestic level. Okay, they don't get paid the gazillions of dollars that the the NHL guys do, but they do get paid. They do start to make a bit, eke out a bit of a living. How hard is it to compete against those semi-professionals from a purely amateur base that you work off here?
9: it definitely is difficult, but we do have a lot more girls um, and a lot more players in general going overseas and actually playing in leagues overseas. There's a couple of girls, uh, I think there's four or five girls at the moment that are currently on the national team that are overseas playing in leagues, in um, universities, in um, just European leagues to bring up that standard of hockey back here, um, which it is obviously difficult being here and, um, not having the numbers and also Mm. the funding for that type of thing as well and those teams are able to train all year round whereas the national team sort of gets comes together from this league and then and
3: you've brought up the 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 matter of funding um being a non-olympic being well being an olympic sport a winter olympic sport you probably get to first base when it comes to the sports commission Uh, and to Sport Australia as far as funding because that's the main source of funding for all Olympic sports uh, in this country. Uh, But there's only so much of a very... It's it's shrinking pie, never ever decreasing, never shrinking pie for sports funding that is currently being uh, dished out by the current federal government. And you're competing against a heck of a lot of other Olympic sports in the winter program, which are deemed to be of medal prospects, particularly those with of uh, freestyle and surfboarding and, and all of and, and all of that compared to ice hockey. Um, how hard is it to give? keeping uh, keeping the faith and keeping the pitch to the sports commission when you virtually now you're not going to get much of much of a of a positive answer as far as funding right from the get go
9: some of the funding does actually come from the girls. So how well they do in the tournaments, you can um, mm. money comes back from the International Ice Hockey Federation mm. as well to the sport in Australia to go towards developing the sport yeah. um, as well. But a lot of the girls do have to do their own fundraising um, and personally yeah. go out and actually...
3: Do the old-fashioned raffle trick.
9: Yeah, exactly. And that's what we do for our season as well because the sirens also pay for their season and it's quite expensive in Australia to play this sport and to be able to travel interstate Mm. On those flights and everything, so we also do our without
3: own sponsorship of any of any major sort of hard yakka.
1: Well, we've loved our hockey on um, splinters here, but uh, there's one final clip coming up, and it is cricket. Yes, it's the uh, the Gordon Women's Cricket, and I think maybe this has been our most popular podcast that we've had. Uh, on splinters here in our time so far. So I think we should play a little bit of that right now.
8: I think Tony that it's a very exciting time for women's cricket right now I've been in I will say it I've been involved in the game for over 30 years uh, all with the mighty Reds but also in m- number of other hats from a cricket New South Wales and Sydney cricket perspective and I think that's it was a very long road for those first 25 to 30 years in the last four or five years since the beginning of the big bash the women's big bash league I think that's just catapulted women's cricket to the forefront and it's completely changed our game completely changed the way that we do it and has started bringing a lot of youngsters into the game as as well as retirees back in. So the success has almost been a little bit overwhelming that it's happened so quickly in that that four year period, but it's a very, very exciting time for the women's game and and we wanna make sure we make the most of it.
3: You mentioned that it's been overwhelming how quickly it's grown in four years. How do you manage the pace of that growth now, now that there is the interest, now there is commercial television interest at the WBBL level There is commercial interest in the Australian team at the national level. It helps, dare I say it, that the Australian women's team is winning whilst the Australian men's team are losing on and off the field. Um, How do you manage the pace and ensure that it stays in control?
8: but still ahead of the pack? It's an interest, interesting question. I think as club cricketers or administering a, a club as it is, our club is getting bigger and bigger and that presents some really some lo- significant logistical challenges. But it's an exciting challenge at the same time. I, I call myself, a. I have a full-time job, but I operate as a part-time administrator. But that part-time is increasingly becoming closer to full-time. Mm. And the biggest challenge for us is making sure that we, to stay ahead of the game, we've got the right volunteers, we've got the right um, administrators in the game, and we're making the most of of the the media opportunities and making the most of the success of the women's game to bring those new players in. By way of example, we may well be putting an extra junior team on the park uh, in the new year. Fantastic. And we will also be very likely putting a team in a pilot competition, which is an under-15 competition running for six weeks in February-March from the Sydney Cricket Association. And it really is making sure that we're capturing those youngsters, providing them with the opportunities and providing a lot of very structured and expensive game now. We provide a lot of structured training uh, specialist coaches and even sports psychology we've dipped into this year but it's all things we need to be doing to stay ahead of the game
0: yes Jess Henry there from the Gordon Women's Cricket Club and you were right Mizzy. it was and I emphasize was our highest rating podcast whether it was bonus content or regular podcasts and it was our highest rater until last week when I sat down with players from the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League. In particular, Sarah Dogramachi, goaltender extraordinaire from the Sydney Sirens, saves at at 9.30, absolutely insane numbers. And we did have a chat about women's hockey and our mutual friend, Chloe Walker. (laughs) Chloe Walker is on higher school certificate duties at the moment and we wish her all the best. Is she one of the better chirpers on the team? Because she had a couple of choice things to say about the Melbourne Ice when we chatted briefly during the pre-season preview of the (laughs) Men's Comp
6: yeah she's um she's smart she's funny she's very witty um and yes she absolutely knows how to chirp i can't uh i couldn't be able to repeat anything she has said because she's never said it to me
0: so yes the women's hockey podcast the australian women's ice hockey league took over from gordon women's cricket how do you feel about that
1: well it just means that we're gonna have to lift our game in the uh the old button ball sport we'll uh We always love the bar being risen here and uh, it just means we'll get even bigger and better guests on for uh, the cricket. But it's just showing that um, we really do care about women's sport here on Splinters and that um, we want to give them the coverage that they deserve and I feel that we are here. And it's just showing in the listens that it's what people out there want to listen to. So how can we deny that from our listening audience, Keith? We must give them what they want. Well, it's not only giving
0: them what they want, but women's sport is getting an increasingly professional bent, as we discussed with Kath and as has been mentioned several times, and the the women's big bash, and there was a preview of that, and certainly women's cricket and women's, we'll call it football to defer to Rizzuto mm-hmm. and Caruso, the Chorizo and the Raging Bull, mm. we'll defer to them. It's still women's soccer, but we'll call it women's football just to defer to them. And in the few minutes we got left, where where... As one of the original godfathers of Splinters, (laughs) do you want to see Splinters go in the next
1: 50 episodes? Well, to be fair, I didn't even think we'd make 50 episodes. So to be sitting here on the 50th episode, the things we've done so far in that first 50, the, the, the going to the T20 Cup and being able to report on that, the interviews we're able to bring on the bonus content, the partnership we have with today's tale and, and Cricket Sydney, seeing our cricket podcast going up there and reaching a new audience. It's just, it's amazing to me how far we've grown in 50 episodes and I can only dream of where we can go in the next 50 as we make our way to a hundred, the more partnerships that we can make, the bigger names that we can get on the, on the show and onto the podcast and, just really show that, that how much we care about grassroots sport and, and give coverage to the people that don't normally get that mainstream coverage that deserve to have their story told. And that I think is the key thing, isn't it?
0: Is that you know every man and his dog can do an NRL podcast. Every man and his dog does an AFL and a, a Super Rugby podcast. But when you get down into the New South Wales Rugby League, you get down into the Central Coast Rugby Union, you get into Sydney Grade Cricket sports that deserve a bit of coverage because they play a major role in feeding that elite talent through. But they don't get the coverage that they deserve because oh yeah, but they're not there yet. We'll cover them when they get good. Well, why don't you cover them while they're
1: getting good so you know exactly what's coming? Exactly right. And uh, some of the gold that that we've uncovered here and some of the talents like Alex Bellamy, like we've mentioned her before, but at the Hornsby Lions probably wouldn't get that exposure, but... Comes into Triple H, look at her go now. And, and the Heidi Cheadles from Gordon Cricket, we've been seeing more and more. She's she's popped up a few times again on some Splinters episodes, some women's cricket previews. Hopefully, not a spoiler alert, we'll see her a little bit more around Triple H over the summer. So said it's, it's giving people the, the coverage that they deserve and showing the talents that they have out there that may be just not on the field but off the field as well. I completely agree with that. And certainly, even though I'm a
0: little bit further away physically and metaphorically from the bench as – as uh, I've moved to other pastures to try and uh, get into other aspects of radio. Sell out. I've heard that. But I would love to see if the opportunity arose, a semi-regular coverage of the Harvey Norman women's premiership next year in terms of the commentary. I think Sarah and Alex calling the Harvey Norman comp would be just absolutely sensational.
1: And I think that's at Triple H, that's what we need to look. We, we did get to cover one or two Norse games throughout season 2019. I think that's the next step is that um, we got Alex, we've got Sarah. If you listen to our coverage on Grand Final Day, there's another one in there too. I'm not going to spoil that one because hopefully we'll be seeing a lot of her in 2020, and there's going to be more as well. It is a something that we're growing here at Triple H is our women's coverage and the best call is we want them, whether they're male, female, or however they identify, and we're finding the best women's talent, and they're going to be here on Triple H. Maybe we won't have any jobs by the 100th episode. The girls will have just taken over.
0: Yeah, we might get punted in the meantime, but speaking of finishing up, it is time to finish up, and Mearsy, because I'm filled with the milk of human kindness, would you like to wrap up our 50th
1: episode? Well, it's been a journey, hasn't it? We have, an awesome, we have an awesome logo. We didn't even get to mention the logo. We do have the awesome logo that I hope you can see wherever you listen to that. But if the girls do take over, might have to go through a complete redesign. But the, we, we've gone from the, the, the cock-up of having two episode ones through to the amazing logo, through to the amazing guests, the amazing coverage we've had in the first 50. And if you think the first 50... Is um, sp- something that special. The next fifty is certainly going to be something that needs to be seen. So, for the Lord Manus himself, Keith Topolsky, I am the wise man, Matt Mears. We've enjoyed your, co- we've enjoyed your uh, joining us for the first fifty. Please stay with us for the next fifty. So, until Splinters episode fifty-one, we'll see you then. <laughs>